The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, I don't know if they're proud, but we are. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now, use promo code RTRS, and brought to you by the famous L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Right to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds, get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, and also sponsored by Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, a big show. Ben Simmons talks about what kind of shape he's in and uh, talking about how much he likes playing in the pick and roll. And Al Horford talks about what kind of shape he was in or wasn't. Brian Colangelo talks about Burnergate to an Australian newspaper. I can't believe we never discussed this. Um, we finally get to the newest Carl Landry Record Club selection. Sixers, Sixers Adam will not be going to Orlando. We clean out the Lorenzo Brown mailbag, and we announce an addition to the member of to a, an addition of a member to the rights to Ricky Sanchez family. That's right. I'm having a baby. No, um, that will happen as well. So very exciting news. Three things to give you right now. First of all, um, because it keeps selling, we are going to keep the script for Brotherly Love around for a few more days. So go to rightsrickysanchez.com. It's right there on the front page. Five bucks will go to our charities. Um, Tiny from the Providence Animal Center is going to starting at Canine College today. Um, which is exciting, which was the, the first dog we wanted to send there. Uh, as well, it will go to the Coded by Kids CBK Academy, and it will be doubled by Touchstone Home Products, which makes Touchstone Electric Fireplaces. So just a few more days um, that that is available. Uh, how, how, is it, how did you feel about your, the Patrick appearance? Uh, it's great. He's, right? uh, look, people like Pat more than me. So anytime <laughs> we can get him front and center and yeah. show everybody how charming he is, then it's a, it's a win for me too. Um, the, uh, the, the T-shirts we put on sale a couple of weeks ago were all a pre-order. You have until the 8th, which is what, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, to order. Uh, the Pride one will only be, sale, be on sale toward uh, until the uh, pre-order date as well as the... Uh, the Valones one will stick around. Oh, and the chicken one will only be available to the pre-order date. But uh, the Pride shirt, the Valone shirt, the cantaloupe shirt, the chicken shirt, all pre-order up until the 8th. So make sure if you want to get one of those, you get those. And uh, I got offered a really cool opportunity, and we're going to be able to have the guy on the podcast too. Um, thanks to um, the Midtown Scholar Bookstore in, in uh, Harrisburg, um, the guy that runs these things is a, a big Ricky guy, asked me to host a, um, like a live video chat with Chuck Klosterman to celebrate the paperback release of his new book, Raised in Captivity. The chat is on July 29th at 7 o'clock. It's video. It is free. 100% free. So if you just go to my Twitter, you'll see that there, or just Google Midtown Scholar Bookstore. And they have a special um, deal for us. If you buy Raised in Captivity now, they will ship it for free, and they will give a another Chuck Klosterman book to you for free as well. So at checkout, just use promo code RTRS. Do it all the way at the end after you pick media mail shipping. Uh, it'll be free shipping, and you'll get a free book as well. Love books. Love Chuck. Big Chuck guy. He's actually the only author I ever read, So, if I'm being honest. So, um, so that is July 29th. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Daddy, sweetie, the man is here. Say the name. 
Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that shows up at 3.30 a.m. for 10 a.m. writing sessions just to get a little extra work in. That is Mike Levin. Morning, is Jim- Mike. Is that Jimmy? Yeah. Did you not see the quote yet today? Oh, you just woke up, right? I may have just uh, inherently known that that was going to happen. Right. So the quote, um, hold on, let me get it for you, um, is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, this is per uh, Ira uh, uh, Winderman, the... Um, through Bleacher Report, but from Ira Winderman, who is the uh, Heat uh, beat reporter. Jimmy Butler showed up at his first Miami Heat practice in October at 3.30 a.m. It started at 10 a.m. Quote, just a little extra work while y'all in your third dream. So, there you go. He showed up at 3.30, also at the wrong place. Uh, He was dressed for tennis. Uh, And that's just how... That's how we work out hard, yeah. What do we think the six and a half hours in between showing up and practice? Because you you probably feel invigorated when you get up. You're like, okay, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning. You get in the car. And and by the time you're in the car, maybe you have a little coffee. Maybe you're rolling. You get there. You strap on the sneakers. And then all of a sudden you realize it's six and a half hours until practice, which is – probably two or three times as long as practice is at all. Probably. Um, at what point do you think it hits Jimmy Butler that six and a half hours may have been too early? Uh, well, there's those guys. Um, I don't go to, obviously don't go to the gym anymore, but you, when you, when people were healthily allowed to go to the gym, uh, mm-hmm. there were those guys who, uh, you know, are at the gym for two and a half hours and, mm-hmm. 90% of that is kind of just like leaning up against <laughs> yeah. like a bar and kind of like talking to someone else and, and be like, man, getting your work in today. Like there's those guys yeah. that most of what they're doing is just, is just the sort of Hanging like out. shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, but they're there uh, and at the gym. So that counts for something. But uh, so I think Jimmy might be, might be those guys. He's yeah. not working out for all six and a half hours. Wait, wait he's, he's just sort of moseying around, <laughs> maybe like flipping through a magazine. <laughs> And there's nobody else there. Like, that's the the other thing about the gym. No, the cleaning is staff that, is there, and he's bothering them. <laughs> he's getting in there. Please, sir, leave. We're trying to clean this room. Uh, the Apple Podcast five-star review uh, of the pod. We're at 2,694. When we get to 3,000, I'll read all the reviews. Um, this one was from back in May, but we had never uh, read it. And by the way, this is brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Uh, get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. Had a few people ask me about the Kinetic, because you can watch the pod now on YouTube, and I was wearing uh, a great Kinetic t-shirt with the gorilla on it. I think it's still available on the site. Um, so just go to kineticskateboarding.com. This comes from Dario Saric, Croatian jersey owner. The subject line is mistaken identity. 
Going back a few uh, episodes, time's lost all meeting now, and I was reminded of a time when I was recognized as Mike. I was down the shore in Sea Isle at a bar wearing my non-on-social media shirt. A lot of people throughout the night commented on the shirt, and as I was leaving, a guy shouted something about liking the Ricky. Much like you guys said, I didn't know what to say, so I just said, yeah, man, it's a great show. That's right. (laughs) To which the guy responded, wait, are you on it? After telling him no, the guy said, I've seen Spike, but I don't know what the other guy looks like. That's the point. Great work on the pod. Just always keep it up. A lot of people always surprised that you're not black um, because you had, was it Hollis was your avatar for a yeah, while? Like, you, like you, don't, you don't know it was Hollis. Come on. It was a very, very smiling, pure, <laughs> wholesome Hollis. Yeah. Hollis Thompson. Um, so a, a few... Sixers interviews this week, and one former Sixer, Brian Colangelo. Uh, Al Horford spoke to the media. Ben Simmons spoke to the media. But I wanted to start with the Brian Colangelo interview, of course. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald, and this was last week. And Mike, I just wanted to—I didn't notice it until I looked at the link. The sit, uh, uh, what is what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, appropriately. The Sydney Morning Herald, at least for, I I have no problem with the newspaper, of course, at all, but for this particular article, Sydney Morning Herald's website is smh.au, which I think is very funny. So here's what Colangelo says. He finally, in his first 19-minute interview, which was on the radio in in Australia, he didn't talk about Burnergate at all. 19 minutes, not one question. Um, Here's him in in the Sydney Morning Herald. I haven't addressed it very much over the course of the last two years. We know. Yeah, we've been waiting. I stayed very much under the radar on the topic because it's a sensitive topic for a lot of reasons, family, personal, professional, or otherwise. I have to say I was dealt a pretty big blow personally and professionally. Dealt. You know know how when the dealer gives you cards? (laughs) Well, that's, that's what's coming. And it's been a difficult time dealing with the fallout I was completely blindsided mm. by the accusation and the storyline of the controversy. Sure. Now, I would remind you that the Twitter accounts were registered under his email address. Okay. Once that investigation was completed and I was absolved, I felt like the appropriate thing to do in conjunction with ownership there in Philly was to mutually walk away. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that all checks out. Yeah, he was absolved. Uh, It was a difficult decision and a very difficult time for me, but I have to say it was a very, very difficult time for my family. Of course it was, you fucking asshole. It was a terrible time for your family Uh, because some of the reasons that have come to light, it was something I thought was important not to talk about, quite frankly, and we're still dealing with that. So just continuing to throw family members under the bus, even two years later, Brian Colangelo, who was absolved at the time, of all wrongdoing. I just love uh, being dealt a hand mm-hmm. that I myself am uh, picking the cards for. Mm-hmm. And, then saying, the and then saying that that is, you know, someone else is doing. Blindsided is good. Um, uh-huh. I get being blindsided by it because, you know, when you're operating multiple burner accounts and going online to defend your honor against, you know, these made up enemies, um, <laughs> I get that you don't think that it'll come back to bite you. So the blindsided makes sense to me that yep. you know there's no way you're doing that with the idea that you're gonna there's going to be comeuppance. Yeah. Um. But man, man, I this, I look, 
<laughs> the, I could I could start every podcast with a prank. I know. So could I. Um, there's no way that he didn't know about this. There's no. no way he wasn't at least involved in some of the accounts. Right. Or just, you know, of allowing this inf- information to come out and just being a general piece of shit the whole time. But if even like what's his version of events? Okay, there was someone set me up and it was my wife and probably father and then there was a big investigation and his well cuz remember that that was one of the storylines that he was being framed yes, there was some someone set me up was the right. was the quote yeah. um and the idea that uh they absolved him his memory, his recollection is that he was totally <laughs> absolved and everyone was like good job brian there was a whole parade to, uh, that we put on that was saying like brian's absolved parade and even though so even nice. the, even though in the law firm's uh, statement it was like hey he was excessively careless reckless. reckless and then said that they couldn't do a full investigation because the accounts have been deleted everything <laughs> had been deleted off of phones yeah that's right that's right so but first of all i really gotta we gotta interview somebody from that law firm i can't believe it's taking this long yeah i'll um, send an email but yeah this the the narrative that he's can you know just what a treat to be able to just be like that's and that's what happened and that's what I'm saying uh, that recollection is a little foggy my man um, but do you think God he believes him. it I don't know on some level I don't know that level of um, just never having to um, reckon with things that you did wrong I don't have that in me I'm, I'm frequently thinking of things that I've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And so to to have the level of brain power or um, narcissism to just be able to be like, no, ev- it was everyone else's fault mm-hmm. um, is not something that uh, that I can even relate to on any level. I feel the family stuff is like, yeah, I'm sure it was a hard time for your family. Like you said, it's like, fucking I'm sure. terrible, I'm sure. Yeah. But that it's because of the things that you did. Like it's hard for a family when like a family member kills someone. It's hard for the family. It's hard right. for, when someone dies. That's hard for the family that happens. But this it's, was you guys. You you did it. It's fucking hard for my family when you accuse us of not actually giving money to charity. <laughs> that was my that wasn't my, that hard for my family. <laughs> my family was my, in my dad. My dad's been thinking I've been stealing charitable money for years. So that's <laughs> um, <clears throat> couple of Sixers with. Uh, a bunch of the Sixers had uh, media availability, Zoom media availability. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to play this stuff or not, but uh, I, so I won't. But Kyle Newbeck sent me some clips of the Zoom thing with Brett Brown of my father not realizing that he was not muted. And like there, <laughs> there, was, one, there was one reporter, they called on a reporter who he didn't recognize. And he goes, who the fuck is that? And, and then there's another one. Where Derek is asking a question, and my father goes, "You already asked him that." Like, <laughs> it's amazing. But Al Horford. Uh, so a quote uh, from Horford: "I probably wasn't where I wanted to be." Horford admitted about his physical, uh, his physical uh, 
state during the season. I'm not going to make excuses, but right now I'm in a much better place. The time off for me was beneficial, and getting to work now, the biggest challenge for us with the season coming back is doing everything at game intensity level. So we did know he had a knee thing going on, um, I guess. It does sort of sound like he's making excuses, but... um, Who wouldn't? Yeah. Look, here's the thing. This is great for everybody who was not healthy on the Sixers. Unfortunately, it's great for everybody who was not healthy on every team in the NBA. So I, I uh, guess the, the rationale mm-hmm. is that not only were, were parts of the Sixers, you know, most notably Ben Simmons, not healthy at the time, but like it wasn't going well. Right. Especially in the past few months. Mm-hmm. I would I would probably say since that Milwaukee win, um, mm-hmm. was that Christmas Day, right? Yeah, they were. I was listening. Zach Lowe and uh, John Hollinger were talking about um, the Sixers on Zach's pod, mm-hmm. and they said something like the Sixers started out twenty and seven and were five hundred after that. Um, so yes, it after the 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 Christmas game, it was right. definitely not nearly as. Good. So of the teams who theoretically have the you know preseason talent to contend the Sixers it was going the worst for the Sixers mm-hmm. so a long layoff and refreshments period hopefully allows them to you know go back to the team that we thought that they could be preseason and that they have shown to be on what like six or seven occasions this mm-hmm. year yeah the uh yeah i would i would agree it like i i remember during the playoffs last year when i was fucking way wrong one of the the million times i've been way wrong sometimes i've been right but m- many times wrong when the sixers went up on the raptors and i thought that one of the the things that the raptors did not have was like this connectivity uh because of like the weirdness of the Kawhi thing and i thought that they would collapse when things got tough the interesting thing with the sixers will be whether that happens or not, because yeah. I, I guess I sort of believe that about the Sixers. I mostly believe that, that, that there's not like a real connectivity, not, and this isn't like a, a Ben and Joel thing. It's a, everybody's new, some old, like just a weird fucking year. Um, but, uh, but who knows? Maybe, you know, they, they keep saying they've gotten closer during the, you know, uh, quarantine. So yeah. There were, well, have. there were those Tobias comments. We, I don't yep. think we talked about him last week, but him saying like, we didn't have the best chemistry last year. Yeah. We, we mentioned it a couple of pods ago, but we, we didn't, we didn't talk deep about it. Yes. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, I, t- Tobias really does seem like the, uh, like emotional core of this team. Um, that kind of brings everyone together that people, you know, respect enough and mm-hmm. it's certainly getting paid that way. But, um, I wonder if that is a, you know, when people talk about salaries and stuff, uh, obviously it's mostly tied to production as it should be. But if there is a, you know, if Tobias, even at his, you know, overpaid status, could be the the leader and do the, mm-hmm. you know, human, you know, almost the Brett Brown thing that uh, we would like Brett to do. But Brett is at probably at this point a little past his like prime as far as like emotional maturity with the team goes. I yeah, don't know. It it's worth like, a few million. Right. I would so say. So hopefully that, you know, an underrated part of Tobias's presence is that he could, he could be the guy to bring everyone together and, and make it feel like it's 
they're more of a team that that Joel and Ben just don't have that in them if they if, at, this at least point, not yet yeah yeah um the other thing that uh they mentioned which is not not surprising that w- when uh Embiid is off the floor the Sixers have the th- are ranked 30th in free throw rate in the NBA which couldn't line up anymore yeah it all makes sense but it's, it's funny listening to the national podcast talking about the Sixers I was like oh yeah we, we knew this 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 is this is exactly what uh we thought so um so Simmons talked as well, uh, also talked about his conditioning. Two things he talked about. Conditioning, two notable quotes. Conditioning, uh, I'm feeling even better than I was when I started the season. I've been working since I had the injury, working until now to prepare for whatever happens wherever we go. I'm feeling great. I've been rehabbing this whole time, so I'm feeling ready, and I'm feeling comfortable. So it's great. Um, but the other, uh, the other thing, and it's interesting because everybody took this quote one way, but I, I don't think he specifically said it, but whatever, uh, in the way that we want to consume it. Um, I feel like I, this is a very, the first part is a very Ben sentence. I feel like I have a very high IQ on the court and I see things a lot differently. I'm able to pl- pass the ball very well, so that's always a threat. But I love playing the pick and roll, situational pick and pop, whatever it is, it just gives us so many different options. It's tough to guard. Wherever you put me or whatever the situation is, I feel like my IQ is high enough to make plays. Now, talking about one's own basketball IQ, is very, you could see that he is part of the clutch family because that is, that is very LeBron. That's everybody, though. I mean, you know, Draymond, you know, Dinwiddie. Guy, there's guys that know that they're smart basketball minds and they want to tell people about it, which I get. I would. I, so the situational pick and pop, like... Yeah, which I side is he on? Is he on the pick or the pop? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want him setting a big and popping. I, I, I guess I, um, I guess um, it's nice. To, it, it only really makes sense with him with pick and roll in the, the screener in the the picker guy, and we we had definitely seen more of that. Um, remember, we didn't really see any of him and Shake Milton together. So that would be if if I was to think, what is one thing we didn't get to experience that could really create offense in a way that is meaningful here we go again with fucking shake milton but like um, he's the guy man he's, he's just Tracy the guy Brady milton um he's very good and there's yes. just not that that kind of player on this team and Who can dribble and shoot and pass yeah well look he was good before the draft he had he had a back pain and he dropped he, he had one bad like whatever scrimmage for the guys that were uh in the draft pool and he dropped all the way down to the second round. He's been, he's good. He's very good. I always Two thought he was better than Shamit. Yeah, he's a couple of bad summer leagues, but he's excellent. And he <laughs> shot over 42% in three years at SMU. Like, he's just good. I don't, th- I, I think this is real. I think there's just, he did things against the Clippers that they weren't just luck. It wasn't just, you know, pulling things out of his ass and making, it wasn't just like, oh, that's the one Shake Milton game. No, this is representative of the kind of player he is and what he can bring to this team. He's absolutely like, He's the guy. I I believe it is meaningful. Not only do we both think that he should start, yes. it would be meaningful to me, to me personally, but I believe it would be meaningful if Ben Simmons allows Shake Milton and Josh Richardson to both be announced as fucking guards. It would be meaningful for me for Ben Simmons to be announced as a fucking forward. Meaningful for me, for me, because I, I just... Something's got to give a little bit here. And, and like, 
it would just be meaningful for me. We both know Josh Richardson and Shake Milton on cards. <laughs> we're, we're, Josh, Josh no could be a th- could be a three though. That's either way. I What's just that? I couldn't I couldn't give less of a shit about. Well, he's he's, he's more of a guard than than Ben Simmons is. Josh I mean, Richardson. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Ben Ben is a better passer and ball handler than than Josh is, and we've we've already tried the Josh backup point guard situation, and we thought that that would great. be better, and it kind of just wasn't. Um, but Shake Shake is the guy, so it all it all it really it all. I there was some quotes from Brett also about him, you know, not wanting to trust some in, in a in a Bodner Athletic article um, about him not wanting to trust the young guys. Like he his twenty years in the league has, you know, really defaulted him to veterans, which every coach would say yeah. that. Um, yeah. But I I Shake is the answer here, you know. He's just he's just he's just the guy. He's the best shooter out of the guys who can dribble. He's the best player on the team. And he's it, and he's long enough to hang on the defensive end. He's going to get pushed around a little bit, sure, absolutely. But I think he's the guy that ties everything together. And I I, I really I'm I'm, stake, I'm staking whatever left is left of my reputation on that. Would like to see him in the off season uh, lift. Like I, he needs to get. Stronger. You want to see the pictures. Yeah, uh, well, get Alex Subers and whoever the second photographer is, maybe a third photographer, would love for him to get stronger in the offseason. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, before we get to our brand new member, is brought to you by, not brand new at all, the original sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, getting up to 181 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners who have uh, purchased engagement rings from LL. The uh, 181, I don't know if we should say it on the pod. He was, I don't think he's proposed yet, but he was talking about it on Twitter. Maybe he just has a wife who is, or a, a, a girlfriend who is not on Twitter, but a lot like original Ricky guy, like went to the end of lockout party pre-Ricky, this guy. So he's been around for a long time. So we're at uh, 181, 181 writes Ricky Sanchez listeners who have been, uh, who have bought uh, engagement rings from LL. He's he's there in the store, happy to serve you in the store by appointment only, clean as shit, one person at a time, wearing a, a, a mask and a shield just to make you feel comfortable and keep it everything safe. Um, he is the guy. This, these are hard purchases, engagement rings. You don't know what the fuck you're looking at. It is... Um, it is a confusing thing, uh, knowing as a person who has purchased an engagement ring, um, a wish... LL was around for us when I purchased my engagement ring because I wish I had purchased it from him. Not that my wife's ring isn't beautiful and real, but uh, but you'll know it's real if you buy it from LL Pavorsky Jewelers. In fact, that's his new catchphrase. If you buy it from me, you'll know it's a real diamond. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable going to the store, he'll, hit, he'll do video chat, whatever you want. Um, 215-627-2252. 215-627-2252. Uh, he's exclusively tweeting right now about uh, TBT, the basketball tournament, which uh, Jake is very involved in as well. I watched so some don't, of that yesterday. Uh, a team, how, a Kalief, team named Brotherly Love that won, I, that won a game. Khalif Wyatt had a great game. Yeah, that, and Ramon right? Moore. Yeah. Some, good, yeah. some good guys on that team. Um. Uh, 215-627-2252. The, the store is at 707 Walnut. You can email him, Lee, at LLPavorsky.com, or uh, just go to LLPavorsky.com, see what he's got going on there. For every pod, LL makes donations decoded by kids and the Providence Animal Center. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Every time he tweets about an engagement, my mom thinks it's me. <laughs> just, just a fact. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you're so, how long have you and Alyssa been... Uh, 
together? Uh, just over five years. Uh, yeah, how long? It was five years with me and Val before we got engaged. Uh, never got any pressure from the family. Got, a, got pressure from friends of the family. Um, I shut one lady down at Christmas. She goes, uh, she goes to me. It's a friend of my mom's, or my friend of my my wife's mom's, my mother-in-law's. She goes to me, so anything coming up on Christmas? Any surprises? And I go, no, not really. And she looks at Val and she goes, anything for her? And I go, if I do, I'm not going to tell you first. And then that was it. Sounds right. There he is. <laughs> All right. What? Welcome, Alonzo Jones. Uh Longtime member of the Ricky family, but now officially member of the Ricky family. Yes, Welcome. Thank you for having me. I mean, what, what are you going to do? I've been up since 3.30 a.m. Uh, shooting, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I believe I first met Alonzo when he worked for Moss Rehab, right? Yep. Was that it? Yep. Back, in the, back in the day? Dude, back, um, back in the day. Yeah. Um, we were... Oh man, we had you on the. They had you come in for the um, anti gravity, gravity treadmill. Yeah, yeah. the treadmill. Yeah. And yeah. you were like, "Yeah, you know, I'm a runner. No big deal to me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, my knees, you know, my joints, so on and so forth." And I remember when people were like, um, "One of the managers was like, yeah, like Spike Eskin's coming in," and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Spike Eskin, like, you know who that is?" And everybody's like. Yeah, he's from WIP, and I was like, whatever, you know, go to hell. I, I, I know who Spike is, um, <laughs> so I was I was hype about it. I was like, yeah, I got to be there, you know, dap it up with him. Uh, you know, you down with TTP, and like everybody was like, you're so ridiculously hype about this dude coming. I was like, yo, just go to hell, mind your business. Like, it's, it's cool, um, but yeah, man, it's exciting, dude. And that was like that was ancient. That was what almost a decade ago. Was it? Yeah, it had to be. It had to be yeah. right because yeah, yeah. that was like, Six, seven, was, like eight one of my ago. first gigs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and here we are. Here we are. Talk, let's let's hear Zoe. Let's hear like for the listeners who don't know you. Give me some of your All like right. process bona fides. Like let's hear what you've been through like with the team. Give me some of your faves. Like let's just just run through it. Process bona fides. Let me see. Let me start with my my favorite. Um, so, um, Team Wop. My favorite. Absolutely. I have a, uh, I have a, a buddy of mine. Um, I have a couple, of, a couple of playing members that went to Temple. Um, I have a Khalif Wyatt uh, Temple jersey somewhere. Uh, we're we're in the process of moving. Like my family's moving from from Philly to Delco um, in the next couple of months. But Delco, uh, Delco got a proud. Khalif Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, right. I got my Delco proud hoodie uh, in the mail actually. <laughs> um, so we're we're moving. But uh, there's a Khalif Wyatt jersey. Um, shout out to him who had a, he had a terrific tournament game yesterday for Team Brotherly Love. Just talked about. Um, <laughs> um, man, let me see what else. Uh, I remember. So I've I've never missed a lottery party. Um, I was at Miller's Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, my favorite lottery party for everyone listening was definitely the night we got the number one pick. And I say that because that was also the night I was the drunkest. Like I remember <laughs> telling, I, I I came down with a buddy of mine who is, um, he's also an avid Ricky listener. Um, he, him and I met up and he was like, do you think they're going to do it tonight? 
And I was like, man, they have to. I was like, if they don't, I, I don't know what I, what would happen. I can't go home to my parents uh, the way I am right now <laughs> and explain to them that I was that that I drowned my sorrows uh, for the Lakers getting the number one pick in uh, in a bunch of vodka Red Bulls. So um, as soon as I for, I remember it as clear as day. I'm in, and when you walk in, I'm literally like right by the big Xfinity sign. It's okay. me and a bunch of other white dudes. So like, I'm like, we're like chilling, fingers crossed. We make it to the commercial. And I remember saying, not again. I remember <laughs> being, I, I was just like, not again, man. I was like, we can't handle this shit again. Can't do three. So we get to, right, they come back after the commercial and it goes, I, they show Isaiah Thomas's face when Boston gets it. And I was like, yes. I was like, all right. I was like, here we go. Here we go. And then, and then it happened. And I was like, holy shit. I just, yeah. re- I remember when they announced it was the Lakers, the fucking room erupted. There was an earthquake in Southfield. Yeah. Right. Like I, I remember it like it was yesterday. That was my, my, one of my top three process moments, but that night, was absolutely nuts and actually spike you and i we took a picture in front of there was a dude that make a um he made a hinky the candles um, like the, the candles hinky candle. yeah we took a yeah. picture in front of it um because we were all so shit faced. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. all <laughs> it was so awesome man it was, it was it was a great night and then um speaking of moss rehab i was leaving work the day that they announced hinky's uh resignation and it was a solemn ride home. Like that, at that point, I lived in Fairmount, um, and I was driving home from Elkins Park. So I hop on, um, I turn on the radio. My dad texts me. He was like, "Yo, like you, you might want to turn on WIP right now." So I turn it on, and I'm listening. And I'm like, "This is weird. Like, what are they calling a press conference for?" And the first thing I said after they announced all the news, or whatever, was, "I can't wait to listen to the Ricky." I was like, "I need the both of them to just rip into." this organization this front office and you obviously you guys didn't disappoint but i i remember like <laughs> that night was so solemn like I, I i think i sat just like on my phone just like just saying what the fuck to myself that whole night dude. um and then it brings us to to present day i um i feel like i i have evolved from uh just hoping that they play hard to uh, just hoping that they like each other. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's very, like, like back then, I didn't, like, it didn't matter if they liked each other because I knew that they did. Like I just felt, you know, you, I had that feeling that they were just a together team. And now I'm like, man, I just hope these guys talk to each other. Like, like shit, please. Like ask each other how their family's doing. <laughs> send a text every once in a we while. We will send you some questions uh, if you want to ask them amongst yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they yeah. uh, that uh, it definitely shows where it's come from and where it's come yeah. to. Yeah. What we were sure of then versus what we're sure of yeah. um, now. Yeah. The uh, and by the way, the video of that 2016 lottery party does not disappoint. Like there no. are plenty of them on YouTube. That yeah. it looks like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl at Xfinity <laughs> Live. Like that's what it looks like. Um, and I had there was a guy uh, next to me who. I randomly embraced with, and he was just like, um, he was like, I don't know who you are, man, but this is the happiest night of my life. So that gives you some insight into where we were that night. Like we, 
I, I watched ESPN and, you know, the Nationals picked it up, like all the national outlets and they were all just like, look at what's happening in Philly. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, we fucking, like we've been begging for this. Like we've been praying and hoping for this, for the, for, like, this is, that was the one like that. And it was also, I felt like that was the easiest one. Like we knew that, I feel like I knew personally that it was going to be Ben all the way. I was like, that's going to be Ben. Like it's, you know, there's no way they were ever going to take anybody else. And I was like, it's been, dude, shut it. it. You know, it was perfect because he also shut his season down midseason. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, he's got six or written. One of us. I was like, I was like, he's us. I was like, that's our guy right there. So I, I, I knew that if we got it, that who was going to be. So it took all the anxiety out of that for me and then it put it toward, you know, the, what transpired a couple years after that. For real. So Alonzo is uh, going to take over. Now, we will have an announcement this week from Kristen at some point, but Alonzo uh, is going to take over the newsletter and make it meaningful, um, actually provide content rather than... Um, like, look, let's say this. It's not like the newsletter wasn't meaningful, but you, there will be exclusive content in the newsletter mm-hmm. that you won't be able to get anywhere else. So I said to Alonzo, I'm like, look, you got to name it. Right. It's going to be yours. So why don't you say what the name is and why you decided to name it that? The name is, first, thank you guys. Uh, again, I know we, we talked about it offline, but um, I appreciate the the thoughts and reaching out um, in a conversation. So I, I'm, I'm super excited to, to get going. Um, but the name is going to be, uh, the corner three was though. Um, <laughs> so we're, you guys are going to start getting emails from the corner three newsletter. Um, so the name, um, many of you, many of our listeners will probably remember, we should remember the Knicks game, um, where Ben hit a three, and there was a pod after that where you guys are just like, if he just starts taking one, like take one a game and, you know, so on and so forth, um, or like take a corner three, right? And we're, and, and we're all just like, yeah, like just take a corner three a game, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm, I was sitting there listening to that pod and I was just like, damn, that would be a funny ass name for a newsletter or a blog. And I held on to it because I, I was like, I don't know like if I would ever start anything like that, but when um at spy as soon as spike reached out i was like i already know what i want to call it as soon as he was like you can name it what you want i was like oh yeah it's the corner three we're gonna name it after that one thing that (laughs) might not happen again that one thing that'll probably never happen again is what we're gonna name it after that's actually really process of me so yeah yeah that's right (laughs) i'm on brand what can i say for real you are as as deep into the process and and like new sixers twitter you feel like you are the most like the most you would feel like you're the hub of new Sixers Twitter, and there's like a, there was like an old guard Sixers Twitter, and now yeah. there's like all these like, you know, Sixers Adam is 11 years old. Like, there's all these people. It's like, who are these people? But like, I yeah. I, I feel like Zoe has the like, the line to them. He is he's like, you like, guys are having like you and Zaynab are having like cookouts and stuff, and it's like everybody's yeah. coming together. People are like, well, like liking each other in real life. I'm like, what's going on here? What's what's really happening? Alonzo is the guy at high school that is friends with every group. He's friends yeah. with every group. That's He's right. just like, you know, like uh, a lot of the new ones fucking hate me with some real intense hate. Which I get. But that is not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it, too. I get it, too. But Alonzo is is to your point, the uh, the 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 six degrees of Kevin Bacon to all of it. The hub of all of that it. That feels right. Yeah. It's weird, it's weird how 
how that worked out. Like I just showed up to, you know, me and me and Zainab, um, we talked a lot, like obviously during the season, we talk a lot, um, you know, online and like, she's, she always reaches out about like stuff she wants to do for, um, you know, my sky hive and stuff and like the Sixers in general, but how that first started was, uh, like you said, like, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the old guard. And then like the new guard is like, Oh shit, I got to follow this dude. Like he's like, everybody's retweeting him, everybody's following him. So like when I'm, when we, when we started meeting in person and stuff, people would come up like, Oh, you're Zoe. I'm like, yeah. He was like, Oh, I follow your funniest shit. And he was, and you know, people are like, <laughs> people are like, Oh, do you know Spike? I'm like, yeah, I know Spike. And he's like, yo, fuck that guy. But you're cool though. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like that's seriously. What <laughs> and I'm like, cool, man. Thanks. Like, I, I appreciate it. Like, I don't know how we transition this convo, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was this so, like the way Sixers Twitter used to be back when I was like running Liberty Ballers and stuff. It was like, Hey, here are a handful of people who yeah. like care about this horrible team from on a level that is like unhealthy and different. And it's like, <laughs> well, let's talk about it and let's talk about how we're like this team men- mentally fucked us up for a long time. And this is how we talk about it and this is how we relate. And then I think you guys kind of took the baton from that and it's like now it's like here is full here's how to address your mental health in regards to the Sixers. And there's like <laughs> really instruct step-by-step instructions on like what to do and how to be there for other people. And it's like, it's nice. It's, it's heartwarming. It's, I think it's, I think it's sweet. Yeah. It's, it's, it's evolved to something where people, they, they begin to look to you for how they should react to certain stuff. Like they at you for different conversations or they at you for like different reactions to articles, like that stupid ass Jimmy Butler thing that's been shared forever. Like, I reacted to it this morning because it's so stupid and, and, you know, Bleacher Report just, they're just cramming for, they're craving for news. But like, I responded to it that way and people are like, yeah, 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 this is funny. This is how I would have responded. I'm like, all right, cool. So I did good on this one. But it's, a, <laughs> it, it, it does, um, you kind of do take a responsibility for it because everyone's like, they cling to your every last word in a way where you're like, all right, so there is a responsibility to it. Like, I, I feel like if you do, However you respond to either Ben shooting, Ben not shooting, to Joe saying for uh, the, the fourth year in a row that he's in the best shape of his life <laughs> and Brett co-signing that. It's like, all right, cool. So if I say I believe it, people are like, dude, you're fucking out of your mind. But if I say we'll believe it when we see it, everybody's like, yeah, I agree with that. So it's a you, you automatically assume responsibility because you are a part of the guard. And I, I've taken – I've told so many people that who are – and I'm, I'm like, like who enter the realm? Well, like, you know, welcome to Thunderdome. Whatever you say, people are going to bring back up. So you better be, you better be sure what you're saying and how you're saying it, because it's, it's. We are. Listen, I, I've never. My, my little sister is 21 years old. 21 year old women and Sixers Twitter don't forget anything. Like we'll bring <laughs> no. that shit up. We yeah. we will wait 10 years and be like, told you we were right. We were always right. <laughs> So I, I tell everybody that I'm like, dude, watch your tweets, watch what you say and who you say it to. Because Sixers Twitter does not forget. That's what that's what it's evolved to. Like we just don't forget anything. My favorite is when we dunk on the national guys, though. Like national guys, like the the Michael Wilbon. We, all win. we yeah, all win. Like, when we like, dunk we, on the national win. guys, we all win. Yeah, yeah. like the <laughs> the Wilbon tweet. Uh, you can take Ben Simmons all you want. Like it's yeah. still that's hilariously Bryce, funny. Bryce Johnson, right? 
Yeah, and poor Bryce Johnson. Shout out to him, man. I, he he didn't deserve I like any of that. Too. But yeah, yeah. I, I I like them, but like <laughs> it's uh, never not funny to me. Yeah. That, the Rick Buecher know, one. The Rick oh, Buecher one. Yeah, yeah, I trust the process, the Knicks process. Right. Like, yeah, that's it's a good never, one. All that shit is never not funny to me. I, I love it so much. Who is the uh Chris something? With uh, now that Evan Turner's on Indiana, they're oh, basically right. un- unstoppable. Uh, Chris Palmer. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, Chris. Palmer. Whoever he is, I still don't know who Chris Palmer is. Like he's <laughs> he's on Twitter, but I've never ever seen anything he'd done. So um, so Zoe is going to do. There's going to be Q and A in the website. There's going to yep. be like best tweets in the. Uh, I mean, in the in the newsletter, there's yeah. going to be like best tweets. He wanted to do more. Like we can only get to one album a week with Carl Landry Record Club. He wanted to be able to do like more like recommendations in there, and uh, and we were talking about an exclusive like merch promo code in mm-hmm. there that I'm gonna work on this week. So um, you can subscribe at writes2rickysanchez.com/newsletter. Um, writes2rickysanchez.com/newsletter. So when uh, when did we say the first one is? We the said first uh, one? we said Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so look out for it. So I'll I'll be uh, fully on brand once this goes out today, and then you know throughout the week, reminding folks to <laughs> sign up for it. Um, we're gonna this is gonna be fun, man, because I don't I don't know what what the hell is gonna happen in Orlando. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I don't even know. I, I don't. I know none of us know, but I, I uh, am on the fence about if they'll be able to finish the season down there. But if we know this team personally, we know it's going to be the wildest shit ever. <laughs> like a normal 82 game season is the wildest shit ever. So this contained atmosphere and <laughs> what's going on, there's going to be there's not going to be a shortage of content. So I, I'm, I'm super excited, um, ready to get rocking and rolling. Yeah, we'll, uh, Thursday we'll do the first rollout and um, make sure you guys uh, hit us up online and sign up and. Uh, let's get going. Twitter handle tweets underscore by underscore Zoe, which is an A you get off my gold level bad handle, which yeah. I just <laughs> love. And I so appreciate that you you ride with Fantastic. it. It's good. I will forever ride with it, dude. I started my <laughs> I started my Twitter as part of a grad school project um at at Arcadia University. Shout out to Arcadia. Um and I wasn't even thinking. I was like, oh, Beats by Dre. I just do Tweets by Zoe. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm riding with this. Like, this is going to stick forever. And now I have to because it's what people know me as. Like, if I ever change it, people would be like, yo, did you delete your Twitter? Yeah. So I'm like, two, underscores. two underscores. Two underscores. Yeah. yeah. Two underscores. I think go for another Tweets one. Underscore. I think throw one at the end, too. <laughs> Man, yo. If we uh if they if they win the pandemic championship, I'll add another underscore. Okay, that's oh exciting. shit! That's huge. That's, uh, that's, that's a guarantee huge. right there. There it that's is. Huge. That's a guarantee right there. <laughs> pandemic champions, I will add another underscore. Wow. I'll tell you what, if they're the pandemic champions, I will add an underscore. <laughs> yes. I will add an underscore. Yes. I will add Here an underscore. Here we go. Um all right. So you can follow uh Zoe on Twitter at his bad Twitter handle and then sign up for his uh, Corner 3 newsletter. We've already changed the art. It's already up there at uh, writesrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. And uh, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Welcome to the the team. Guys, man. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. Um, My parting words are sign up for the newsletter and uh, Ainge was never taking faults. Remember that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You sign all your emails like that. Yeah, <laughs> I sign all my emails like that. Mike knows. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Thank man. you man. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, 
thank you, uh, Alonzo. Uh, welcome, Alonzo Jones. And we have, uh, so he is, so we will have the, the, um, the Kristen thing later in this week. And then we have another uh, new, um, new Ricky team announcement next week. So just growing by leaps and bounds when there's no basketball. That's right. Um, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. We're getting tons and tons and tons of uh, uh, new uh, process pups. Finn went up on the Instagram today, an 11-week-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. I've never even heard of that kind no, of dog. That's uh, the fanciest name for a dog I've ever heard. Yeah. Tilly, uh, who is a mutt, which I love. Uh, Bailey, who is a uh, who looks like a pit bull. Uh, and then we got a process pup and a, a bird, a parrot. Uh, Kiko is the dog and Ava is the parrot. And they both hang out on the big barker. Um, go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. It's the only real dog bed on the market. It's the only dog bed that is going to... Take care of your dog's joints, engineered by experts to support your dog's joints. Dogs have joints, just like we have joints. Um, so they got engineers to put together a bed that's going to support their joints. And so they will not suffer from the same sort of arthritis symptoms as a, a dog would who is sleeping on a shitty bed. Um, if you go to writesrickysanchez.com slash Ricky, you get the Big Barker dog bed with the process pup patches so you can iron on. Um, and if you don't believe us about the way that these dogs support uh, or the way these beds support the dogs, Semi and Savage right there in Oakland, process pups in Oakland, uh, big guy and a little guy, go to, uh, to writesrickysanchez.com slash process pups and you can see it right there for yourself. Um, when you get your dog bed, you get your Big Barker, send us a photo and we'll, send, we'll put them up there in the uh in the gallery rebel chooses can sleep i even though i would object to it can sleep in the bed with my wife and i but chooses the big barker instead um has been sleeping on a big barker for a couple years now just legit it's like a different thing than the dog bed that you're used to completely different thing um 10-year warranty the foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free a one-year at-home trial if you don't like it, if your dog won't sleep on it, that's okay. They'll give you a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping to return it. And right, made right here, not just in the USA, but right here in the Delaware Valley. So uh, once again, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Big Barker dog beds. Real dogs show up six and a half hours early. Hmm, they sure do. Uh, it's time for the Carl Landry Record Club. Um, it's been two weeks, I think, since we suggested this one. Um, but we had guests and it was, it was crazy. So, um, the Carl Landry record club, uh, selection this week is Devin Gilfillian's Gilfillian's black hole rainbow suggested by James Jacobs, a Ricky listener. Um, Devin lives in Nashville now. Uh, and I, I thought he was from Philly, but then I looked deeper and he's actually from Morton, which is fucking real Delco. So Devin is not just from Philly. He is from Delco. Um, been around for a few years. This is, he has an EP. He has some singles out, but Black Hole Rainbow is his first full-length album. Um, and I didn't know this until I was looking around. The day that NASCAR got rid of the Confederate flag at events, uh, uh, Devin was the one that sang the anthem at the NASCAR race that mm. day, the day that they banned the Confederate flag, which I think is really, really cool. Um, I honestly think this album is probably the best fucking one that we've done so far. I love it. Absolutely love it. It. Uh, I'll try to describe all the different sort of um, influences I think it has, but I think it's it's amazing. Um, you like it? Yeah. 
no surprise. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to a couple times. Um, yeah. I thought it sort of, it moved around between genres that I'm yeah. not uh, smart enough to know what they are, but I felt it. Um, and I, I like, uh, I like sort of like, uh, like dabbling in soul and like, and mm -hmm. like going in there, but then like pivoting to something else. I think that's a cool, a cool way to do a record. Yeah. He, there's certainly soul in there. There like soul and R and B. There's certainly like some, uh, rock influences in the, in the guitar playing. There's certainly, um, some like I, I actually was thinking about, about the Funkadelic album that we listened to uh, because he's a apparently like he's a, a really good guitar player as well. And you could sort of hear that in there. Um, I like uh, the number of people that I think he could tour with based on how this music is, is unlimited. Like on one level, I feel like he could be on some, like there are 90s R&B influences in there. Mm -hmm. I feel like he could be on a tour with Babyface, but he's also doing a show with Willie Nelson, or he, he mm -hmm. did one uh, today with Willie Nelson. So he's sort of all over the place in the same way that I think um, uh, Amos is all over the place, but I think this is even more all over the place than Amos is. It's a really great record. Yeah, um, I like uh, Leon Bridges a lot, and this is this is like mm -hmm. less less like love making music, but uh, mm -hmm. but a similar has a similar vibe, and I this is cool. I like music. Yeah, I don't have yeah. many more opinions than that, Spike. You're gonna keep asking me, and I'll say I like it. Well, I like I like that you like it. Um, the the tracks that I like the best were "Thank Me Later." Um, get out and get it, um, lonely and even though it hurts. I I listened to it. So I've listened to this record a bunch of times. But we we drove to uh, we drove to King of Prussia yesterday to pick up. What is the game? The tailgate game where you throw the rope that has two balls on the end of it and try to wrap it around the little pole thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. The tailgate game. Uh, we were gonna. I mean, tailgate. My wife and I in our backyard. We went and picked. But we. <laughs> I listened to the album twice on the way there and the way back. It's just a really great record. So I recommend it. Devin Gilfillian's um, Black Hole Rainbow. I had not thought about the next one. Why don't we make the next one um, in that this is a... I'm just looking for Ricky listeners that I, that I, I recognize the name of. Oh, my God, there's so many of these. Um, why don't we go with Tove Strikes Sway? from Aaron Himes. T-O-V-E-S-T-R-Y-K-E is the name of the artist, and Sway is the name of the album. Don't know anything about it. Uh, Aaron Himes is our uh, the Ricky listener who suggested it. So um, thanks for the Devin Gilfillian one. I'm glad I know about him. What a, just a fucking awesome album. Uh, before we get to the Lorenzo Brown mailbag, some bad news. Mike, Sixers Adam will not be going to Orlando. Ah. Yeah. Was he like... A finalist. Tell me he so, was close. I need to know he was close. So the first, the first thing that comes out is from uh, a, a guy in Canada who wrote it. And now that I'm realizing he's Canadian is why I think the math was a little off on why he thought it would cost what it costed. But the, the details came out on how much it would cost to send somebody. And he said $750 a day, $750 a day. It's actually $550 per day. But when you, you realize that it will be two and a half months long, that is like $50,000. Three months long, $50,000. You're saying and, Adam's not worth that? Look, even so I send him how much, and I'm like, I'm not done. 
I'm like, I'm not done. I was like, I will. Uh, it, it was really important to me to have only these huge national reporters there and Adam, mm -hmm. knowing that it's probably super unlikely that any of the Philadelphia beat reporters will be there. And now that we know more uh, information, I think it's 100% likely they won't be there. It would still be really funny to me. They're only allowing 10 national reporters um, at, and it is $550 per day. Um, the, and this came from the, the Canadian writer who wrote about what, so you take the, you take a COVID test here and then you quarantine for seven days. You fly there, you take another COVID test, you quarantine for seven days in the hotel. And when you say quarantine, you are not permitted to leave your hotel room once that happens. Once you're there, you are permitted to be in three separate places, your hotel room, the venue, or the bus on the way to the hotel room for three months. That's all you're allowed to do. That sounds perfect um, for a guy whose favorite food is cantaloupe. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, for me, you, you have no advantage. As we were talking to Arnovitz, um, there's almost no advantage to being there aside from writing a story about being there. Right. Which is the most important thing. Yeah. But we just can't afford. And there's he's not a national reporter. So it's, just, it's not going to happen. Um, so... R.I.P. The idea of sending Sixers Adam to Orlando. Yeah, and I think he's he's a little relieved as well. Ah, uh, what a guy. Um, um, a couple a couple of things before we get to the mailbag. Um, yeah, did you see that the Hawks, Pistons, and Bucks are all using their uh, arenas and facilities for uh, voting or trying to? Oh, saying they're going I to? saw the Bucks were doing it. Yeah, yes, so it started with the Hawks it. with Lloyd Pierce. Um, okay, and then the Pistons and Bucks said that they would do the same thing. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. I, I, do you think the Sixers will do that? Well, I don't. So I wonder if it was a case of um, not enough voting places mm -hmm. due to COVID at the other places. I don't know if that's the situation here. But if it is, that, that's not up to the Sixers. It's not their venue. They don't own the venue. So right. that would be up to Comcast Spectacore to do it. Mm -hmm. So the Sixers are tenants. I would love to blame them for things that sure. <laughs> everything. The Sixers could, they things, could do it. For the facility in Camden, though, right? They could. Um, they could. They absolutely could if it were necessary. Mm -hmm. um, it abs They absolutely could in Camden. Um, I wonder if, like, the access to... Yes, they could, I suppose. I don't know if it's necessary in Camden, but if it is, they could. Sure. It's their building. Seems like it'd be a nice way to get some goodwill. Yeah. Why not, you know? Especially Milwaukee had all, and and Atlanta, uh, and I don't, I don't know specifically about Detroit, but the you know the, the lines of many like predominantly mm -hmm. black areas were like incredibly long for, to vote. Um, so it'd be nice if you know all NBA teams were just like, well, we have this big arena that we're doing nothing with. Well, I suppose they could do it in Delaware too if it were necessary too. Um, yeah. In Wilmington, yeah. they could do it there. And actually, given like I'm just because I've been to the Sixers facility enough times to like know the layout the delaware one is way more because it is used to like it is a facility that is built for the public mm -hmm. um it has like public entrances right into it so i would imagine that the delaware one is set up for it even more uh, than the camden one is yeah. the camden one's not meant for the public for but, sure uh, the delaware one is it's just so, I, we yeah. talked to kevin arnovitz about it i guess last weekend um and it's the kind of thing where it's like you know, NBA players, how much are they using their platform to push for, you know, LeBron and a number of other players are pushing for more than a vote and, and trying to get, you know, get 
people, especially in their communities, to vote more um, and, and have easier access to voting and, and sort of uh, making it harder for for the powers that be to do voter suppression, which which happens. Yep. And uh, it's the kind of thing where I was, we, when we talked to Kevin about it, of like, well, how, how willing are owners going to be to um, to listen to their players and let the players lead on things that are that they don't necessarily support because there's a lot of like voter suppression like is a partisan issue. So it's like, well, if you're an NBA owner and you don't want to vote for the person that your star player wants to vote for, like how much are you willing to be, how generous are you willing to be to like make a good faith, you know, case for like, hey, yeah, use our facility. Like I wonder, I don't think when, when, when the Hawks did it, I was like, I hope all 30 teams like follow suit, but it doesn't seem like they will. And the fact that we've only gotten to my, to, I've, to my eye only two other teams to join in, it seems about about right for that. Well, it does. I without, I mean, like, look, obviously, um, the there's a lot riding on for owners uh, who is in power financially, and I agree with you in that sense. I don't know. Um, I I would what I would say is in every place where it's necessary. Um, that it would be a really, really, really good thing to do. Because what I will remind you of is that the last thing that uh, politicians want is people who they don't know who are going, what they're going to vote for, or if they're going to vote against you, the last thing they want is for you to vote. Um, so in a lot of ways, the fact that only half the country votes or less than half the country votes is exactly what they want because they know how you're going to vote. Um, so giving more access to voting is, um, is good for the people. Yeah. Um, and is, is a good, uh, mass people. I like, dude, the, the link is fucking enormous. Yeah. You know, the link is enormous. So, um, so if that is necessary, I never had a problem. I lived in South Philly for a while. Um, and, uh, I, I think I voted at like a. Did I vote at a school? I forget where I voted. Mm-hmm. Um, here I vote at a library in Springfield. But I agree with you. If uh, in every place where it's necessary, it would be a a very virtuous thing for them to do. Yeah. To, and uh, and again, to, not just national elections. Yeah. Local. Yeah. Like, local elections. You know, there's there's a lot of city council in yeah. in elections here that are just like so messed up that people just don't pay attention to it because it doesn't get mm-hmm. covered the way that national elections do. So I would encourage well, people to you know pay attention locally as well. And if anything, over the last few months, we've seen the importance with both COVID and the police issue, how important your local leaders are yep. and, and how we only think about fucking president. That's all we think about. But these things are managed locally in a very, 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 very important way. Um, and, you know, uh, those those elections are just as important, if not if not more. Yeah, so for sure. um, the Lorenzo Brown mailbag. You can send us emails, write sirikisanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Addison. We got all the way through an episode about the actual quiet tournament, and you guys still won't call the forthcoming Disney playoffs the quiet tournament, which is what it really should be. I should ask a question. Here we go. Obviously, players won't show up to the game and boo and heckle, but if they did, what player would you want the Sixers to boo and heckle? What would the funniest scenario be where a sixer is the recipient? Well, I so I feel like this is I, I want players from that are not in the NBA to be able to come and heckle. Like we're not in the NBA. Yeah, like TBT guys <laughs> to show up and be like, "I'm better than you." Maybe MLS guys aren't MLS guys. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who I would I would actually like 
everyone to boo and heckle the Sixers, I think, especially Embiid, would take it personally and, and yep. make him lock in more. Who do you think it would be effective for the Sixers to boo? Mm. Is there a player on one of the other teams? Who seems, like, susceptible to... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Who we, we would even be worried getting about. Getting in his head. I, I think... Jimmy Butler would insist on taking over himself if he were to be heckled. Sure. You know, I think he may be an effective one. I'm just not that worried about right. them. Uh, guys that Embiid's got in their head, I think, you know, and Andre Drummond, but he's not going to be there. Carl no. Towns, he's not going to be there. Um, Russell Westbrook? Yeah, you I mean, might, you might be care. able to boo Westbrook into taking some more ill-advised shots. For entertainment value, that would be great, but... If the Sixers don't win the championship, I would like to see the Rockets win the championship more. I would actually probably like to see the Rockets win the championship more anyway because of Covington. But um, I have money on the Rockets. I did. I, oh, I put a bet in before the season started. Yeah. I have money on the, uh, I put money on the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Warriors. And the Warriors obviously didn't come together. But, uh, but yeah, so if it's not going to be the Sixers, I will be, I will be rooting against the L.A. teams and for those guys. I'm going to look to see what the I don't know what the Rockets odds are uh, now. Do you remember what it was when you When I got uh, it it was I think it might have been there were a couple in like the 12 to 1 or 18 to 1 range like somewhere in there. Okay. Rockets are yeah, they're still currently 12 to 1. Sixers still 28 to 1. Uh, Lakers plus 240, Bucks plus 250. So, um, I actually think there was a the an NBA Finals matchup Bucks plus Lakers is plus 310. I'm I'm starting to believe in Bucks plus La- Bucks Lakers. I I I haven't been a Lakers believer, but I just get the sense that like LeBron of any player in the NBA, like will go out of his way to make sure that they are all practicing mm-hmm. and all fucking COVID tested. And I I just get this. I get I I picked the Clippers I think before the season, but I I'm starting to get sort of Lakersy on this. Interesting. Uh, I I would I. It would be a little disappointing to me if it ends up being just Bucks Lakers or Bucks Clippers because yeah, of how weird this thing is. Like I, I want to see something weird happen, um, and and some and some unexpected teams to advance. Uh, but going throwing down some money on Bucks Lakers would be a good way to at least hedge, yeah. hedge your like heart a little bit. Well, you should really. Ju- well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the best bet because I'm th- if they're both plus two fifty to two forty, two fifty win the championship. So this comes from Joey. Would you rather have twenty five percent of every sporting event? He says attend. I'm gonna say watch. Would you rather have twenty five percent of every sporting event you watch end in a tie or wear a tie to work every day? Hmm. Well, I work from here. Let's say you were to go back to work. Okay. In person. Um. Uh, 25% is not much for ties, For ties, yeah. so I'd be probably fine, but I also don't mind wearing a tie. Well, no, it's wear a tie to work every day, right. and 25% of sporting events end in ties. Right. So, um, yeah, okay. Neither option seems that bad to me. Um, mm. I guess maybe just to cut out the, uh, the tie option, I would wear a tie to work every day and, and make it yeah. and make that my personality, or, or go like an Avril Lavigne thing and just wear a tie over like a t-shirt kind of deal. There you go. <laughs> I just imagined you in a plaid skirt, yeah. a blazer, tie, and a T-shirt. Totally. I can pull it off. There you go. Um, I've worn a tie to work. I don't like wearing ties. I, I, I like the way it looks. 
I like dressing up. Like I like the suit for the first two hours. I don't know how people wear a suit at work all day long. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know how that. I don't works. like the first sitting two hours, in a suit. Like, if I was you don't like what sitting in a suit. Yes. Like, you stand. You walk around. That's like fine. You yep. feel good. You're like kind of constantly making sure it's like laying smooth. But then you're sitting down yep. and it's all. I feel like they have not figured out how to make a suit work sitting down. Yeah, because like. Your pants are a little bit higher, mm-hmm. and the belt, and the fucking shirt. I don't know. I agree. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Did you watch uh, Queer Eye Philly? I did not. Okay, I, st- I still recommend it. It's entertaining, and there's and the shots of the city are fun, and there's some really fun characters. Uh, do you think there's even one person wearing a Sixers item? Is it? Do you have the answer to this? I, I do. I watched it, and I took note of this. There's a lot of Philly stuff, a good deal of Eagle stuff. They did a. Um, there's got to be one. They did a promotional thing with with uh, Gritty, um, and that was pretty cute. Um, there's got to be one Sixers. There's thing. not. I'll tell you the exact yeah. Sixers thing that you could see. One one Philly dad had a uh, a blanket of all four major sports teams, and you could almost see one was Sixers, but you couldn't see the logo of the Sixers. And then the other one, the other reference to the Sixers was uh, blurred in the background. Of a shot, you could see vaguely uh, like a 76 logo. Um, and that's it. And there were plenty of people wearing other Eagles and, and Philly stuff. wonder if that was a, a condition of having Gritty on. The Flyers wouldn't, wouldn't put it past Maybe. It um, feels, it feels even now, that that even now the Sixers true. are still the, you know, f- I, fourth team, do you think? No, they're the, they're the third. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the Phil, like... People, I think, fa- I think people, fandom though, people, Flyers almost has a, at least as far as mainstream goes, I feel like Flyers have, have a more like visible presence. Not, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. It, it was that way 15 years ago. Um, but something's happened with hockey and it's just different. And I think part of it locally is that the Flyers have not been, until this year, have not been good in so long. Um, and their tickets have gotten so expensive. Uh, it used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Legion of Doom era, all sure. that was was a thing. Not not now. I the the first two are definitely Eagles and Phillies. Even though the chatter of the Sixers and the, and the Flyers can get louder than the Phillies, I can just tell you from like my perspective, there's Phillies is bigger. Yeah. Um, I guess I just feel like fly, Flyers fans or hockey fans wear Flyers stuff a higher percentage of the time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That might be my well, they, impression. I always compare them to heavy metal fans, 100%. Like, I would always say about when I worked at WYSP, like, Pantera fans would say, hey, you don't play enough Pantera. And then I would play Pantera song, and they were like, you played the wrong fucking Pantera song. And that's sort of what Flyers fans are like. They're like, you guys don't talk enough Flyers. Then you talk about them, and they're like, you fucking don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, I, I give up, guys. <laughs> they are they're very passionate. I respect Flyers fans. Um, before we get to the rest of the mailbag, our final sponsor for the pod, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Um, Cornblow and Cornblow, the premier personal injury boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this because you hear a lot of ads for uh, personal injury law firms. That's the one you see. You see billboards. You hear ads. Really, what you're getting when you call those numbers and you you call you, you call the number that you see on the billboard, you, you see in the ad, you're really getting a referral service. They are sending you to somebody else. So the, the people that are talking to you, that's not really who you're dealing with. That is not the case with Cornblow and Cornblow. We've met this fucking guy. 
He's been at a lot. our events, you know. Um, he's purchased corn dogs for people. He is Adam Cornblow, and he takes this shit seriously. That's what I, I've always said. This guy cares about the clients that he represents, and he cares about what he does, and he cares about if you know if you're hurt, you could it could somebody else it's somebody else's fault, and that's what insurance is for. That's why they have insurance in case they fuck up. And you should not just be a hero and sit at home and say, ah, it's no big deal. If you are hurt in any way, and their, their specialty is medical malpractice, but if you're hurt in any way, car accident, injured at work, he's your guy. Cornblow and Cornblow. And you're going to get an actual Cornblow if you call there. It's not a referral service. Um, if you think you have a case, give him a call, shoot him an email. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. And he's helped, uh, by the way, if you have any legal question that isn't personal injury, he's there to help you. If you're a Ricky person. If you're not a Ricky person, I don't know. But if you're a Ricky person, he's there to help you. Uh, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. All right. A couple more mailbag questions. Um, this comes from Bill. And I, rather than his, his general question, I want to focus in on a couple of the, uh, the minutia questions he has. Are there any players you would like the Sixers to trade for uh, that – aren't obvious. Everyone seems to mention Buddy Heald, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Bradley Beal, and Drew Holiday, for example. Personally, I think guys like John Wall or Andrew Wiggins are more realistic and could improve the team. I feel like the only way to get out of our bad contracts is to trade for other bad contracts. Wall makes roughly $20 million more than Horford annually, and I believe somehow would be a better fit. Sure, he might, up, might end up injured or not shooting like Butler did, but you never know what a change of scenery can do for him. Uh, as for Wiggins, I feel like he might be a better fit than Horford, but really we'd just be trading him because he's friends with Embiid. Uh, I didn't know. Are Wiggins and Embiid friends? Well, they went to KU know. together. Oh, right. Um, so your thoughts, John Wall or Wiggins, like, let's just say Al Horford straight up for either one of them. What do you do those? It's tough. I, I like John Wall. I think that he still has left some left in the tank. It'd be a really hard fit to have another ball-dominant you know, point guard who, do, who can't shoot with Simmons right. and with Embiid. Yeah. Um, I think it's tough. Maybe, maybe he's talented enough, which I think he is, to, to become that and to change. I think he's, uh, he's certainly grown of, over the course of his career, like maturity-wise, and uh, I think he's exceptionally talented. And if he, if he, wants to, if he says, like, yeah, I, I've, I've only been, because I've been injured, I've only been shooting, and this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to, like, stretch out yeah. my career. That kind of thing. I, who knows, you know? Um, I love John Wall. He's awesome. Like I, he's the yeah. man. And the idea that he could, you know, be if he could do, you know, essentially, I don't know, if he can be George Hill for most of the time, and then... Occasionally, is John is like old John Wall for like you know what five or six times a game, then it's like that's great. That's all you need. You know he's a he's a good defender when he wants to be. Uh, he's a better passer than he gets credit for. I think if he just did some George Hill, just like stepping into open a threes type thing, and it got his percentages up to like you know thirty seven, thirty eight percent, then you could want thirty five percent. Honestly, sure. I, I I he's. If if we got a John Wall that was less Russell Westbrook, um, like just a little less Russell Westbrook, I think he would be awesome. Yeah, I feel like um, I haven't watched John Wall I, play basketball in so long. It's unbelievable yeah. how long it's been. He was the fastest player I've ever seen. His his first year, I've never seen a player like just end to end faster than John Wall. 
Like, he's just unbelievable. What about Wiggins? No. 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 I think it's over for for his ability to get anywhere. I just don't think he's a smart player. I just don't think he is. Um, I don't think he wants the ball in his hands. Yeah. Not a guy that is willing to, you know, have a quick trigger from three. Um, yeah. I don't know. I the, I keep... I keep saying this with Horford, but like the Sixers without Embiid on the court in the Toronto series were like the worst team of all time because they had no playable backup center. And when he was on the court, they were a championship team. So all you have to do is make the times that he's not on the court a little less bad. And I think that that was Horford. That that's Horford's like backstop. You know, like at least he can do that. And and I don't think and. That's, if that's all that matters, if Embiid being becoming like a top five NBA player is what matters, then you just have like a decent playable back, backup center behind him and go win a championship. So even if Horford's getting paid a lot of money, I, I still we still need him to do the thing that at least, at the very least, we brought him here for. So the, the only thing, and I've, I've said this before, and I don't know if logical fallacy is the right way to say it i i don't totally believe that the reason that they were the worst team on the floor is because their backup centers were so bad and there's something about lebron where every team lebron goes to when lebron is off the court they're fucking terrible no matter who's on the team and i think part of it is so much of their defense is centered around Embiid being great that it makes it impossible or or they have maybe this is on brett brown um but then again, I don't know that it was, it's been on any heat, you know, coach to figure out a way to play where they're not so vulnerable. And I, like, I, I just think they've had like, you just look at the backups of great players and they're not usually even good. I, I just, I don't know. I, there's, there's something else wrong. Is, is what I would say. I agree with you that obviously Greg Monroe, not suitable, right? Um, obviously, 100%. But I, there's just something else going on there that I don't know what it is, but there's, I think there's something else going on there. Um, yeah, they, sh- from- they should be, especially this team now, especially with how the leaps that Ben has taken defensively. Yeah. Ben and Ben, Tobias, Josh, Matisse, and whoever should be good enough to not turn to shit defensively right. when Embiid's not there. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen. And, I mean, uh, part of it is that when Embiid's on the court, teams just don't go to the rim. Um, so they're mm-hmm. naturally taking tougher shots or at least um, taking outside shots, and, and that's more of a volatile you know, numbers-wise thing. But, yeah, I, I think most defense is... At least, especially the way Sixers play, most defense is anchored by a rim-protecting big man. And there's some teams that can get by and are and have a good enough scheme and have good enough w- uh, perimeter defenders that that's not the case or that they, they don't need necessarily a, a rim-protecting big man to, to stay above water defensively. Um, but the Sixers really seem to. And so you remember... You know those few possessions in the Toronto series when it was just like going right at Kick Monroe or going right at Boban, or whoever the hell has been here as a backup center. You know Rashawn before he was better, uh, which he has yeah. gotten on Sacramento. Um, you know Okafor. Like there's just guys you just watch uh, try to man the middle, 
uh, Jonah Bolden and, and just like fail, like because they just don't have it. They don't know. And Embiid is obviously so incredibly smart defensively. That's he's really just a he's an elite defensive player, and he's like a pretty good offensive player that just gets fouled a lot. Like he needs to become a better offensive player, but defensively is where his you know almost the entirety of his value comes from. And and so replacing that is hard. But you have Al Horford, so you should be able to do that, at least for now. Um, also, I remember you tweeting at Daryl Morey to come on the pod and him responding, what happened to prevent that pod from happening? So if I remember correctly, it was right when, right before this CP3 Westbrook stuff started. And he said yes, and he was willing, and then he backed off, and then China happened. The China Hong Kong thing, and I'm gonna give it till after the season, and then I'll ask Daryl Morey again. But I think he will definitely do it. I don't. He wasn't running scared. I just. I don't think it was a good time for him to do it. Um, two more quick questions. This comes from. Um, this isn't even a question. It's just a comment. This comes from Brian from the Love Boat. Add another item to the resume of things ruined for Josh Harris. Didn't look into it too much, but saw his company bought Chuck E. Cheese in 2012. Merged it with another company, and now it's doing terrible. They've been doing shitty even from before the coronavirus, and now they've filed for bankruptcy. Thank you, Josh, for ruining another good memory. Um, I actually have always thought that Chuck E. Cheese pizza is, like, way underrated. I don't know if you have a thought on that. but I don't remember the pizza. I remember I went there so much as a kid. I think I went to the one on Cruise Town in Northeast. Um, okay. With my grandma, with my bub, like all the time, like so often. I spent years of my life there. Um, I don't really remember the pizza, though. I mean, I remember it existing, but I can't. I can't have like a a take on the pizza. And uh, from Nick, Nick chooses to ask his basketball question to you and his non-basketball question to me, which I think is fitting. Um, I'm a really weird Sixers fan. I grew up and still live in Metro Atlanta, so I am a Hawks fan. However, I was born in 1988, and when I really started to get into the NBA, my favorite player was Allen Iverson, which led me to cheer for the Sixers, especially since my family were not big basketball fans and the Hawks sucked at the time. Also, my neighbor was a huge G-Love and Special Sauce fan and loved I-76, which should be the Sixers' end-of-game song. I still love the Sixers because of this, and they were the first NBA team I actually rooted for. However, given my geographical bias, I do consider the Hawks my team. Given this info... Am I a real Sixers fan? I think so. I think you can you can be fans of, of multiple teams and say and say that you're. It's not like you're picking fans of. It's not like you're like a. Can I be a Lakers and a Celtics fan? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Being a Hawks and a Sixers fan is not. You know, no one would accuse you of front running by by any stretch. Um, so I think so. And if you're responding, if you're asking questions on a Sixers esoteric Sixers podcast, I think that you are. I, I, sure. I give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the Sixers at all. I'm a Sixers fan. Right. And non-basketball question, Spike, you, uh, you guys recently had Butch Walker on the pod, who you mentioned is on your Mount Rushmore of musical artists. Also, the Ricky theme songs, intro and outro, have three combined Big Lebowski quotes in them. This leads me to believe we have very similar taste in music and movies. What are your Mount Rushmore of musicians and movies? I would also like to know Mike's, but this also seems like the kind of question he would avoid given the <laughs> opportunity. You think I run scared? <laughs> wow. So the Big Lebowski thing is actually an Amos thing. I don't like that movie. I've seen it three times and fallen asleep all three times. Um, so I'm not a Big Lebowski fan. Um, 
My uh, Mount Rushmore of musicians usually sits at three, and the fourth is rotating based on like the year. So uh, Butch is obviously in it. Silverchair and Brand New are my three that I would say I'm always consistently listening to. Um, and then there's others. I don't even know what the fourth would be. Um, and then music or movies, uh, True Romance, Tony Scott, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Juice, and uh, uh, A Ghost Story are my three favorite movies with the fourth. Um, they they live, probably. You say it on the podcast every friggin' month. What's that? They live. I love that movie, but it's not in the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Do, do you have any musicians or movies that you would for sure be in Mount Rushmore? Uh, I'd have to think about it more. I don't. I wouldn't say I have like a like a locked in one. <laughs> they live. I'm running from it. <laughs> they live. <laughs> um, do you, somebody sent in a, an email that was basically all uh, brotherly love. Do you want to do it real quick? Sure. Uh, this comes from Connor. Hey, guys, I love the script. When Mike said the show wasn't picked up, I was sad that Mike wasn't going to have a job working with Ben Simmons. Now I'm sad because I really want to watch the show. That's nice. The non-basketball question, I thought general introductions to each character in the cold open were pretty logical and digestible. It never felt over-expository. Uh, when you're writing a pilot and trying to introduce a whole show concept, is it tough to give as much background as you can without weighing down the current moment? Yeah, I mean that's a fact. That's a factor of you're trying to, you know, figure it out in a way that seems, like you said, like uh, logically you know who this character is, so you can follow what their what their story is for the script, um, mm-hmm. but also like entertaining and a little like enough to not feel like you're just saying the thing. So that's part of in every script that you write is part of like how do we do this in a way that feels digestible? And I think doing it sort of a few characters at a time rather than here's, you know, yeah. here's all six of them. You know what I mean? So introducing them a little bit piecemeal is kind of, I think, how we generally do it. And then the basketball question, which is still a non-basketball question. Despite the character being inspired by Ben Simmons, it doesn't feel like the basketball player is very similar. Shorter, can't shoot. Wow. Um, is there a particular player you had in mind when picturing Neil on the court, or was it just a shorter, shootier Ben Simmons? Um... No, I think I think we were thinking of he's you know we wanted him to be Simmons esque in the sense that he's like a really impressive body, um, which may, would have made it feel funnier compared to uh, the older brother, um, and uh, I think if we if we had cast someone in the role, which would have been obviously very hard to to do because there's not that many like six eight. Uh, mixed race comedic geniuses um that are acting maybe there are we we we, i I don't know but um you you might even think about casting an actual basketball we certainly did we certainly we didn't get honestly we didn't get down far enough down the road but me and pat in our like you know trying to uh you know will this to happen and just getting excited about thinking about it was like okay who's we're like who's some basketball players who were really good but then like Got hurt. And CGI Rick Fox? Make sure. Rick Fox. There were like a couple great. like college guys. Like there's a guy that went to Arizona named, uh, I think his name is, I forget, I think it's Ray Smith. Um, and uh, and he like tore his Achilles or tore his ACL a couple times. And I was like, okay, maybe he would want to do it and he could still like 
you know, be as be good enough, but maybe he can act. I don't know. It's like all these questions. Like I want to start from a place of because the worst thing is when you when you watch a basketball scene in, in shows and they're so bad. Like mm-hmm. there was a uh, the basketball scene in Atlanta is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's it's hideous. It's awful. It's a great show, obviously, but the basketball playing was just awful. Um, and so we would want someone that could actually play, and that's what. You know, in American Vandal season two, they they like he could play. He could at least play like a little um, Melvin Gregg. And so it's like, all right, we get that. That's that's at least a base level of something. Otherwise, believability would just be out the window. So we were we wanted to start from a basketball place and just kind of hope that they were funny. Um, I could see why they didn't pick up the show, because that's a tough that's a tough ask to be both of those things. Um, Well, that's it. Uh, we will have the, um, we believe we will have the return of, uh, Tony T and, um, and Tommy this week to talk about their food list. Um, and then, uh, then we have even more guests the rest of the month, I think. So the podcast continues on basketball apparently continues on and an, uh, an opus from Sixers Adam that, uh, I am working with that we're looking forward to revealing to the world. Sixers Adam's actually getting edited for the first yeah. time. And I'm uh, doing I'm doing work for the podcast for the first yeah. time. <laughs> uh and and sign up for the for Zoe's Corner Three uh, newsletter, right? Sirikisanchez.com slash newsletter. Um it will launch on Thursday. We want to have the uh, the biggest launch ever. So uh so do that. And uh I think that's it. Uh are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know look face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.